somebody. Let, let, I know we are an up and down church, we, I, but I'm telling you, some, I need to sometimes get my steps in and sometimes I need to go ahead and do some cardio. So, but I'm telling you right now that he's worth it, right? Come on, somebody. If we could, let's just stand one more time and let us give him a, a, a shout of praise. Let's give, a, let's give him a praise right now because he is worthy. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord of glory, the King of glory, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise right now from this place. I thank you, God. I'm telling you right now, there were some people that got loud this weekend over some football games. But I'm telling you right now, I worship the King of glory. It don't matter if it's Georgia, if it's Tennessee, it don't matter if it's Auburn. I serve the King of glory, and he is worthy to be praised. Somebody. We thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for being with us in the house of the Lord. I'll let you sit in a second, but we're going to read some scripture, and scripture is worth standing for. Come on, somebody, for it is the word of God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts 28. Oh, Jesus. Y'all, y'all got to forgive me. I'm excited tonight. I'm excited tonight. I, I, I wasn't, you know, I, like I, I, many of you who know me, I don't just, again, go to the file cabinet and get a word from the Lord that I had uh, regurgitated. Uh, it's not a regurgitated text. It's not a, it's a now word. But, but I'm grateful and I'm excited because God didn't make me wait until 4 a.m. to get it. Come on, somebody. So I feel good about that. But tonight I, I was, I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach on tonight? And the Lord, I believe there's some people in this room that need this word. There's some people in this room that need this word tonight because I believe that there's going to be some, some shifting that takes place in the room. There's going to be some things that you leave in the room tonight when you go to leave. And so tonight I want us to go ahead and open our Bibles to Acts 28 and we're going to start in verse 1. When you got it, I want you to say word. Now, when they had escaped, they, they found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat fastened on his hand so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand they said to one another no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea yet justice does not allow to live but he shook off the creed now say shake it off shake it off but he shook it off into the fire and suffered no harm However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. In that region, there was an estate of a leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. 
Paul went into him and prayed and he laid his hands upon him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. Bow your heads. Father, I pray right now for the power, the anointing that makes preaching powerful. I pray right now that you would anoint my lips with a coal from your altar. I pray, Holy Ghost, that you would invade this house and invade the lives of everyone within the hearing of this word. I pray right now that there would be some things loosed tonight. I pray right now that there would be some breakthrough that would come tonight. I pray right now that there would be some things that would happen tonight that we have been waiting for, what we've been praying for what we've been fasting for in Jesus mighty name and everybody in the room said amen and amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord you see the text that I have just read to you occurs after Paul was brought up on some charges being falsely accused of sedition by Ananias who was, uh, he was the high priest, and, and Tertullus, who was an elder in the synagogue. So he was brought up on these charges for talking about Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And Paul, while he was brought up on these charges, because back in the day, in this time, it wasn't innocent and proven guilty until proven guilty. It was guilty until proven innocent. And he was being held without bond in the prison. Somebody held without bond in the prison until his uh, case had come up. And while he was in this prison... He, he goes through a couple different leaders. There was some transition that happened. And these leaders were holding Paul as a favor to the Jews. Even though he hadn't done anything that was worthy of the death that they said he so deserved. He was being held. And so in this season, he had appealed his case to Caesar. Well, what you have to understand is that Caesar was not where he was. Caesar was in Rome. And in order to get to Rome, he had to take a boat ride. This was no three-hour cruise. This was not Gilligan's Island. This was not the professor and uh, this was not William Thurston Howell III. This was, this was a different kind of cruise. It's, the Bible tells us that there was over 270 people on this boat. Many were prisoners, Roman soldiers and centurions. And Paul with a word of knowledge being placed upon this vessel to be set sail or to set sail in the winter months. He knew that this voyage would be treacherous and, and he had a word of knowledge that this was not going to fare very well for them. And he said that this is going to be a dangerous verge, verge, uh, voyage. This is going to be a, a, a dangerous trip for us. And they did not listen. Those who were uh, leading this trip, the, the sailors, they did not uh, listen. They disregarded what Paul had said. And they said, we're going to sail on anyways. I'm going to tell you, you got to be careful who you listen to. You better be careful who you listen to and the words that you disregard. But Paul advised against the journey and they did not listen. So they set sail anyways. And like Paul, 
had heard from the Spirit of God that this was not going to fare well as it was. It, it was exactly what Paul had envisioned, what Paul had was shown by the Spirit of God. After they set sail and being at sea, there was a tempestuous storm that had arose. It was, it was, uh, 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 it was so bad, they actually, it was a name storm. How many know we're in hurricane season right now? How many know the storms that are brewing right now? They're gaining strength. There was a, there's a storm out there right now that they're saying is beyond historical uh, uh, precedence. It's, it's, it's a significant storm, and it's not even made its way to being a hurricane. Uh, at least it wasn't earlier, but this storm had a name. It was called the Eurocladon. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go on a three-hour boat ride into something called a Eurocladon. That don't even sound good. That don't sound like Chuck E. Cheese. It don't sound like David and Buster's. It does not sound like the Applebee's or the Chili's. It's just the very name of it sounds like it's going to take you out. It sounds like a demon, y'all. It sounds like a demon. And sure enough, they set sail and this storm goes a-brewing. And it starts to wreak havoc on the vessel, tossing it to and fro. And this was not, like I said, just some short journey. It spent, this boat spent days in this storm it says that they couldn't gain the winds necessary to, to get out of it so they were helpless it's like being on a boat and the engine don't work and what are you going to do what are you going to do you're just out there you're out there and it says for many days they could not see sun nor moon no stars were able to be seen i mean i'm telling you right now just the just the setup of this story I don't even, I, I'm telling you right now, you know, they, I've been on planes where they, they, the things don't look like it's going to go well. I've been on planes where landing gear don't work. I've been on planes where there's been what they call downbursts and it, they have to make emergency landings. I'm telling you right now, that, 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 that sounds a whole lot worse than even the worst things that I've had to go through in my travels. Somebody say amen. So these sailors are on the ship. Now, I'm giving, I'm giving pretext because without pretext, there's no context, okay? I'm going somewhere. But, but you have these soldiers and sailors that are on this boat, and the, the sailor, it was so bad, the sailors were like, yo, we're going to ditch this thing. We're going to go ahead and we're going to hop off this thing. Let's go ahead and get the dinghy out. And we're going to jump on this and not tell the soldiers nor the prisoners. And we're going to head out of this mug. And, 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 and we look at this story and Paul with another word of knowledge said, listen, if you jump off this boat, if you let them go, we all going to die. If you let that boat get out of here with them sailors on it, we're all going to die. So after not listening to Paul the first time, they said, well, maybe we ought to this time. I mean, he seems like he got a pretty good track record, and I don't know who he's been talking to. Oh, there's a word in that in and of itself. We don't know who Paul's been talking to, but he seems to have a direct line to who owns the waves and the winds. Come on, somebody. So they said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to listen to this man, Paul. We're going to listen to this, what he has to say. So they hung on, and they, they stayed on that boat. And while they stayed on that boat, they did not sail to safety. The boat was destroyed. It was broken into pieces. But they found themselves all alive. Not one soul was lost in that storm. Not one soul was lost in that storm. 
Now, their boat was damaged beyond repair. It was in pieces. And they found themselves awakening on this shore of an island. And this is where this text leaves, or the starts, rather. I've been through some storms, and that's what I'm here tonight. Now, let me help you all. I don't go, this is not a Presbyterian church, and this is not a Baptist church. This is, this is a Pentecostal church tonight. So I'm, I do better when you shout back at me. Come on, somebody, say amen. amen. But there's some people in this room that have been going through some storms. I'm telling you right now, by the way of the Spirit, I know God spoke to me about this message. There's some people in this room that have been going through some storms. There's some people that have in there in this room that you've been going through some named storms. There's some people in this room that have been going through the storm of depression. There's some people in this room that have been going through a storm named child custody. There's some people in this room that have been going through some storms and it's addiction. There's some people in this room that you've been going through some some things and the enemy has named it in your life and I'm telling you right now that though the storm has been against you and though it looks like all hope is lost Paul finds himself on an island and I think it's significant to note the name of the island it says now when they had escaped the storm they had found themselves on an island that was called Malta. How many Latinos we got in the room right now? Okay, okay. Uh, see, I'm from South Florida. I lived in South Florida. He said, that's not a South Florida accent. No, it's Jersey, then South Florida. Now I'm Tennessee and I'm halfway back. Okay, they call me a halfback. But, 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 but growing up in South Florida, I would go down to, to Fort Lauderdale and I would go ahead and I'd get a Cuban sandwich and a Malta. A Malta is a sweet drink. It means sweet. Malta is sweet. And let me tell you, God sent me here tonight to tell somebody, though you have been through a storm and you find yourself on an island, you better be careful how you determine where you're at. You better be careful what you call where you are because you've been through some things but God's kindness somebody look at your neighbor say God's kindness yeah it may be cold it may be dead of winter you may be without your boat come on but I'm telling you God will still put you in a sweet place God will you'll still find yourself but you better recognize that's as a saying back in the day you better recognize where you're at because too often we diagnose where we are, or too often we determine where we are. And we, we, How many pessimists we got in the room? Let's just be real. Let's just be real. Human, humanity, people in general, have a hard time being optimistic when things like this happen. It's always the woe is me, the Eeyore story. Woe is me, where's my tail? Uh, all the sky's gloomy and the rain's chasing me. But, it, but, but, but it's difficult to find the silver lining in things. But let me tell you, when you serve King of Glory, when you serve Abba, there is always a sweet spot. There is always a sweetness to the Lord. It's just you got to know how to find it. <laughs> You better be careful. You better be careful how you diagnose your season. You better be careful because it says what? It says that the natives did what? 
they kindled a fire for them. It says unusual kindness. It says unusual kindness. Because when you walk with the Lord, you will find favor in the most peculiar places. There's some people in this room that need to hear you're going to find favor with lawyers. Now, I don't know. I said lawyers. I didn't. Not liars. I said lawyers. But let me tell you something right now. You're going to find favor with lawyers. You're going to find favor in the most peculiar places. You're going to find favor with judges. You're going to find favor with employers. You're going to find favor with employees. You're going to find favor with the school board. You're going to find favor. I'm telling you this is by the spirit of heaven. You're going to find favor in peculiar places. You see, it was cold and it was raining. And these natives had kindled a fire for them. And he was finding himself with these prisoners in a position that he did not think that he would be. And he says, you know, this fire is nice. It's warm. I like this fire. But we're going to have to keep the fire going. And so the Bible tells us that he went around and he began to pick up sticks. He started to gather firewood for this fire. He started to gather fire, fuel for the fire. Because how many know you have to have fuel for the fire? Look at your neighbor say, "There's you got to have fuel. You got to have fuel for the fire. You got to get the fuel to the fire." And as I was reading this text, and I began to 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 think about this, I heard the Spirit of God say to me, "Are you willing to fuel a fire that you did not start?" There's an epidemic in the church right now. Now, I know we ain't got none of this in this church. But I, I'm telling you right now, there's some folk that I've been, I've been around for some years with Pastor Kevin. And then more recently than not, over the last five years or so, there are so many people out to start their own fire. There are so many people out to start their own 501c3. There are so many people out to go start and do their own thing instead of being fuel for something that God started. Let me tell you something right now. If it's not God's fire, it's strange fire. Say you got a Bible for that? Absolutely. Leviticus 10.3. God sends the fire. And we are the kindling. Too often we run around trying to do our own thing. Too often we try to, to, to make fire happen in places that fire doesn't belong. Are you willing to fuel a fire that you did not start? There's some, ah, oh, Jesus, help me. You see, you've been given gifts. Every man has been given, every woman has given, been given a gift, and these gifts are given without repentance. The problem is, is that they're using their gifts to start a fire that is not God's fire. I see musicians out there trying to do their own thing because they don't want to be a backup vocalist. Jesus. But yeah, let me say this. There's no backup vocalist in the kingdom. It's God's choir. It's God's choir. Somebody, it's God's choir. But because they don't have a microphone and they're not center stage, they don't want to be fueled to that fire. Oh, God help me. Preaching gifts. Everybody got to have a business card and their name on the marquee. Oh, I know there's nobody in this church. I know there's nobody in this church, but I, God had me say it. 
So if you're visiting, I'm sorry. But I'm telling you, we are called to band together to expand his kingdom, not ours. I am fuel for his fire. I am fuel for his altar. I don't want the fire so bad that I'm willing to start a strange fire. My ambition should, oh, oh, my zealousness should never cause me and position me to start a strange fire. I hope I can get through this. He was gathering sticks, the Bible says. He was gathering sticks to start a f- to for fuel for a fire that he did not start. And it says that we read that he was gathering them and it says that he, he laid them on the fire and a viper came out and because of the heat was fastened to his hand. Let me tell you something. The viper don't show up while you're gathering fuel. Snakes don't show up while you're gathering sticks. They don't make themselves known while you're gathering fuel. No, 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 no. It's when you get close to the fire that the vipers show up. When you get, ah, yeah, you want to see if there's some vipers among you? you, Go ahead, go ahead, start a fire. You want to see who's a snake or a friend? Start a fire. Get close to a fire. You want to know where you're at with people? Go ahead, get close to the fire. And you'll start to see the true colors of individuals. You'll start to see the agenda of people when you get close to the fire. Because the the fire exposes some things. I'm going to tell you right now. We used to, not now, we have a, 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 a board of leadership in the church now. But when years ago we had something that was an elder board. And I'm going to tell you something. I ain't never trust an elder that didn't get close to the fire. Sorry, I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it all out there tonight. I don't trust nobody that don't get into the fire. I'm going to tell you, there's been, we were in a 90-day revival. We were in a 90-day revival down in Chattanooga, and we had some elders. Oh, God, help me. We had some elders that were a part of the church. And when we decided to move down to the inner city of Chattanooga, okay, it didn't look, oh, we ain't in Udawah no more. We'd click your heels three times, and we ain't in Udawa no more, Toto. We went down to the inner city, and I'm talking about before the revitalization. I'm talking about before things started to look up. I'm talking about before you went to Main Street to have a hot dog. I'm talking about you wanted to stay out of Chattanooga. We did, God said, I want you to go to Chattanooga. I want you to go down, and I, he said, I want you to go ye. It's really easy to bring people into the church. It's really easy to go ahead and hand a track out and say, come to us. But the, what does the gospel say? What is the commission? Go ye. So we went ye. And we went down to Chattanooga. And we decided to start having church. And when we started having church, the fire showed up. And there were some elders that said, you know what? I'm not called to go down there no more. I can't go down to that church. That's not our kind of people down there. Oh, Jesus, you better help me. You better help me. We're all God's people. And when the fire showed up, come on, 90 days we were in revival. Fire showed up. Oh, yeah, I could talk about some snakes that show up when the fire went. A 90-day revival. I wasn't, revival started the weekend it started. I had back surgery. Like not even a few weeks later, I had an appendix taken out. And I almost died in the hospital because I went toxic. I'm telling you, the vibe, the devil shows up when the fire starts. You wonder why you're going through hell right now? 
You wonder why? You wonder why you got some things going on in your life? You better look at your proximity. There's some fire in the house. There's some fire in Cleveland. There's some fire in Bradley County. And the viper didn't bite him while he was gathering the sticks. It bit him when he placed them on the fire. He said that the vipers latched onto his hand. I'm going to get through this. He said it latched onto his hand. The hand always represents ministry. The hand always represents ministry. It represents authority. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. That's why when the prophet of the Lord sent the servant up to the mountain, and he said, I want you to, I hear the sound of rain. Go up and see. See what's happening. See, when he went up seven times and he said, what? He come down and he said the seven times, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. Right? Right? What was happening? Rain was on the way because revival comes when the fivefold is in operation. So what happens is, is the devil wants to destroy the ministry. And so he ain't worried about you gathering fuel. It's when you get close to the fuel and when you get close to the fire to put your fuel that God has put in you on the fire, it's going to latch on to the ministry that God's put inside of you. He's going to get involved. The enemy's going to try to get involved in the ministry that God's called you to. You want to you wanna know what you're called to? Look at the thing that the devil is attacking. You want to, the doubt that the enemy sows in your mind? Yeah, I struggled with it for years. I did. I'm not going to lie. I ran with, with Pastor Kevin for 15 years. If you told me, if, man, I'm telling you, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to put it all out there. I'm an honest pastor. I'm an honest preacher. I'm going to tell it all to you because that's how, that's what it's about, right? It's about being honest. It's about being, it's about being transparent because if you think that I float around on clouds and I speak in tongues all day and that angels just float with me, you are out of your ever loving mind. For years, the devil says you're not qualified for this. You don't have the you don't have the schooling for this. Oh, look, look at all those people you I'm telling you when I moved here I didn't even know that there was a university you could go to for ministry. I came from the school of hard knocks. I came from the school of hard knocks and when I came here, see I went to I went to I lived in a place that you got beat up for talking about Jesus. It's fact. That was not a cool thing to talk about in Jersey or South Florida. You talk about Jesus and oh yeah. I'm not, this is a true story. This is not, this is, I'm going to tell it. I'm just going to tell it, but it's a true story. This is the truth before the Lord. I grew up in a, in a town that was, it was, it was, uh, it was not, a, it was a town. My, my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up. And I lived in a town that was, uh, uh, there was a lot of migrant workers in, in South Florida where I had grown up. And a lot of my friends were, were African-American and Latino. So, and I'm grateful for that. I am thankful for that. And I'm thankful for them extending their arm to me. My best friend was Alcanan Jarrett. And, 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 and I had all, all these friends that, that was a, it was a culmination, a melting pot. But I tell this story because when I would talk about Jesus with these little kids, because I was raised in the church, y'all. I was raised in in the church and I ran away from God because I got tired of getting beat up for evangelizing. That's the truth before the Lord. I got tired of it. At a young kid, my mom would say, you need to go and tell your friends about Jesus. So I had two friends. I don't even know why I'm telling this story, but I had two friends. One was Jewish and the other one was Latino. Gregory thought that Jesus hadn't come yet. 
And when I told him and asked him if he went to church, he said, no, I don't go to church. I go to synagogue. And when I told him that, his, that Jesus came, died, and rose again, he went home and told his mom and was flabbergasted about it. And I wasn't allowed to hang out with him anymore because I kept trying to evangelize Gregory. And then the other, my other friend, I wasn't allowed to hang out with him anymore because he thought Jesus was Jesus across the hall. And that's the truth before the Lord. They were my best friends. But, but I didn't grow up in a place that you talked about Jesus and it was accepted. So when I went ahead and I came here, I thought it was absolutely insane that you, you mean there's a whole group, there's hundreds of kids, that this is acceptable? Are you, are you, what? This is amazing. I love this. But the devil would get in my head and say, you didn't go to that school. You're not qualified for this. You don't, you're not, you didn't hang out with those clubs. You didn't, you didn't, you're not a part of this. You don't know, you, you, you don't have a pedigree. You don't have a, your daddy wasn't involved in this. Your daddy's daddy, daddy wasn't involved in this. You wasn't a preacher's, preacher's, preacher's kid. No, my dad got saved in a bar. My dad got saved in a bar. And so that was a product of a first generation Christian. My grandpappy wouldn't even let us pray at the table in his house because they would grow up Roman Catholic. And I tell you all this because the enemy will try to get inside your head and disqualify you from ministry. And that's what he begins to attack when you get close to the fire. He tries to disqualify you or have you to disqualify yourself. There's some people in this room right now that you have disqualified yourselves from the ministry that God has from you because the viper attacked it. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that the attack that you have been under, the attack that you, the assignment of the enemy against your life and what's inside of you is not without a purpose. It's not without a purpose. The enemy knows how dangerous you are. He sees the fuel. He sees the fire and he sees your proximity and he says, I cannot allow these things to come together. I cannot allow these things to come together, so I'm going to attack them. However, which way I can, I'm going to attack them. I'm here to tell you, if there's one thing I'm here to tell somebody in this room tonight, is that we're going to shake some stuff off. We're going to shake some things off. I want you to, I want you to stand up right quick. I know we are standing and we are sitting church, but I want you to shake some things off right now. I need you to shake some things off right now. I'm telling you, it's a prophetic declaration. I am shaking off everything that the enemy has tried to attack me with. I am not going to let the enemy destroy me. I am not going to let what the enemy's plans are for me to flourish and thrive. I will prevail. I will be victorious in the Lord. Nothing is going to keep me from the fire. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. That is the assignment. That is the assignment because I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, there are some things that have attached themselves to you. I feel it. I feel it. The Holy Ghost said, I want you to go in there and I want you to tell them to shake it off. I want you to go in there and I want you to bring some revelation and have them shake it off. I want you to go in there and have them shake that thing off their ministry because of what I'm about to do in them. Ah, yeah, you can't be held back with no vipers. You can't be held back by no vipers. Oh. Somebody get up here and help me. Yeah, the enemy, I feel the pushback right now. There's some pushback right now. There's some pushback right now. 
I'm not, we're not over yet. We're not through. But I'm telling you right now, the enemy does not want us to get past that. I'm telling you there's some people that need to shake it off. There's some people that need to shake it off. That, that report of the doctor that says that you got this, you need to shake it off. You need to shake it off. You need to say, I'm going to live and not die. I have a future, and my future is brighter than my past. You see, you see, there's a reason you, you can be seated. There's a reason why, why the enemy attacked Paul's hand. Because when we fast forward, after he shook it in the fire, after he shook that serpent in the fire, and suffered no harm, However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. Now, these people were some nice people because they kindled a fire for them. They were, they were nice people. They provided favor. They shown them favor. But they were naysayers. They were naysayers. They were nice naysayers. They were naysayers. They were nice naysayers. And there's some people in your life that are naysayers. They may be nice to you. Oh, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. They may be being nice to you, but sometimes people are nice to you to keep you close enough to watch you fall. They keep you close enough just to watch your destruction because they rejoice in your destruction secretly careful who you surround yourself with. Be careful who you surround yourself with. There's some naysayers that have been nice to you to keep you close. But it, it says right here what? That they were expecting that he would swell up suddenly and die. The Lord told me sometimes God will allow the attack just to disprove people's expectations. Right? There's some people in here you've been written off. There's some people in here you've been written off. There's some people in here that the attack got you, and they're like, yeah, they ain't going to get up from that. They ain't going to get up from that. That scarlet letter, yeah, that adultery, that affair, they ain't going to get up from that. Their divorce, they ain't going to get up. I'm, ta I'm talking to somebody right now. They ain't going to get up from that. No, see that? See, I'm going to keep them close enough just to watch this. They got the popcorn ready. You know that, that emoji or whatever, that I'm eating popcorn? Yeah. Yeah, they got the popcorn ready. They sitting down watching you like it's a bad movie. Better watch out who you keep close to you because God's got a plan. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. You say, why did I go through this? Why have I gone through all this mess? Why has the viper got a hold of me? Why? Oh, yeah. Right before I walked out here. Some of y'all been through the storms. Some of y'all been through the shipwrecks. And some of y'all been through the snakes. That's what he said. Some of y'all been through the storms, some of y'all been through the shipwrecks, and some of y'all been through the snakes, and you've experienced the attacks of the attack after attack after attack. 
Let me tell you something right now. You are born for this. You have a destiny. You see, the thing about Paul, God told Paul, you're going to Rome. You're going to Rome. You're going to finish this thing. Paul knew he couldn't die in this. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you're going to make it through this. You are destined for this. You are destined for this. You were made for this. It, that should be an indicator right now. When you look at what you've been through, when you look at the, the storm, all hell breaking loose, the vessel you've been on falls apart, the ship is wrecked, you wash up on some island, and then you're surrounded by snakes. That should be an indicator. If you ain't dead yet, and you better stop saying God did this to you. If God wanted to get you, he would have done got you. He would have done been got. God ain't out to get you, but he'll allow some things. He'll allow some things. How many know it's all for his glory? Our lives are for his glory. Everything that we've been through is for his glory. Every fight that we have fought is for his glory. Because when I look at this story, when I look at what God uses Paul for after this, it says after, after it didn't kill him, and no harm come from him. It says what? It, to him it says what? They changed their minds and said that he was a God. And it says that there was a man. That's that island. Whose name was Publius. It said that his father lay sick of fever and dysentery, right? His father lay sick with a fever and dysentery. And what does the Bible say that he does? You know that hand? You know that hand that that devil been attacking that didn't he? Oh, see, God's got a greater purpose. Y'all stand up. God's got a greater purpose for your life. You see the shipwreck. Oh, look, look what happens here. You want to know what's going on? No, don't ask what's going on. Ask what the enemy's trying to keep you from. Don't ask what's going on. What is happening to me? What is going on? What is going No, devil, what are you trying to keep me from? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Because we know that that, Paul, that hand, had Paul died in the storm, wouldn't have made it to the island. Had Paul not been give, gathering fuel for somebody else's fire. Had Paul's hand not been attacked by the viper. Come on, somebody. We see that that hand was used to be laid upon Publius's father. And it says that he brought healing. That hand brought healing. And it says, and when this was done, the rest of those on the island that had diseases came to him and they were all healed. There's some people in this room. See, the devil will always attack what God's about to use next. I've been saying it for months <laughs> Julie I've been saying it for months God 
will sometimes allow the attack to disprove the naysayers. And the enemy will attack that which God's about to use next. Get ready. God's about to use you in a mighty and powerful way. What you have been walking through, what you have been walking through has tried to deter you from what God has for you. But you better shake it off. You better shake it off. You better get down here right now. I'm, not, I'm sorry, y'all, but I feel the Lord in this. I need you to stretch your hands. If you know what this family was going through, if you knew what the devil was trying to do to this family, I'm telling you right now, he stopped this whole service for you. There's some people that need to get down to the altar right now and shake it off. There's some people that need to come down to the altar and step out of the attack, to step away from the assignment because you're going to leave here different than you came in. I'm telling you right now, God is doing something in this house and he sent me here to encourage you to shake it off. There's some things that need to be shaken off in this room. You need to shake them.